You guys ready for another intense homily? Well, we've got this contrast here between uh, the gospel and our first reading. If you look at our first reading, these uh, these guys are pretty awesome because uh, as the writing chef, we all are in the fiery furnace and we're praying to God. And these guys are righteous dudes. These guys are really righteous dudes. They're not nice guys. They're really holy guys. They're saints. And they're saying, we have sinned. We have sinned. What they're doing is they're identifying themselves with the people of Israel. And Israel as a whole is sinful. And they're doing penance, essentially, on behalf of the people. And they're doing it out of love for their own people. Now, so here are people who are genuinely righteous and doing penance for people who need it. Now, in contrast, we've got the guy in the, in the parable who's been forgiven a huge sum. i got to check the translation. I think the original Greek actually gives a specific number, and that number if you add up something like $5 million or something, ridiculous like that. And uh, the servant, the other servant wants to serve him something like, you know, a thousand bucks. And he's choking him, of course, you know, and he's paying it back, pay it back. And it, it's, it, this parable shows us how, how petty sometimes and unforgiving we can be. Now, I'm going to talk about basically the sin of unforgiveness. And I think many people would be surprised to learn how serious of a sin it is. If we look in the gospel, the master hands over the servants to torturers. Okay, this is this is serious stuff here, right? Because he didn't forgive, he was punished with torture. So it's a very it's it's not a, a light sin. Okay, so I think people would be surprised to figure out how serious of a sin. Is. And so that's what I'll talk about. In general, though, I say um, I know in my own moral development, intellectual development, spiritual development. I, when I was, I'll give you an example of how far I've come. I mean, when I was, this is, this is the best confessions here, okay, I don't spread this too far. When I was a teenager, I honestly had a hard time understanding why fornication, sex outside of marriage, is wrong. I couldn't really, didn't really, but I, I understand adultery because, you know, you're betraying someone. But I thought to myself as a stupid 16-year-old, well, if two people love each other, well, what's the problem? That, that was kind of how I reasoned. Duh. And it was missing the obvious fact that you're risking bringing a child into the world who doesn't have a stable marriage covenant over him protecting him. So, hey, that and many other reasons make fornication a serious sin. Uh, I think many young people, for example, talking about chastity issues, many young people are virtually scandalized to find out that really in the tradition of church it's always been understood that something like passionate kissing is a moral sin. Many young people would. That, and that's really news to them. It really is news to them. So anyways, as I go on and I learn older, as I get older, I start getting serious about religion when I was 18, 19, 20. I started... My whole uh, compass as to what is a serious sin and what's not a serious sin started to really change quite dramatically. And I started to become more in alignment with the, the church's understanding. Now, as a clerk, as a, as a priest, this is something I meditate on. I have a whole book of meditations. I meditate on this actually canon. I meditate with spiritual education canon. 
Scanning 279, it says, clerics are to continue their sacred studies even after the ordination. They are to hold to that solid doctrine based on the scripture, which has been handed down, and the doctrine has been handed down by our forebears, and which is generally received in the church, as set out especially in the documents of the councils in the Roman Pontus. Now there's 21 academic councils. They go all the way back to the 4th century. They stretch all the way to recently, Vatican II. These are the documents that priests have to know and speak doctrine from, and the Declaration of the Popes, the Pope's teachings as well. That's where we should be getting our doctors, or I need to get my doctors. So over the years, as I kind of ingest and buy these documents, to really start to understand the mind of the church and the church's doctrine, not as it's spoken by one Catholic here or there, but as it's been understood by Catholics throughout the course of 2,000 years, I start to see, wow, you know, moral sin. I mean, there are many things that are moral sins that people don't think of as moral sins. Okay? And so I'm going to lay this, this next one out here. Okay? This is heavy. So there's a guy, Donald Miller, the Redemptorist priest, and he writes a 50 page examination of conscience. 50 page examination of conscience. All right? one, of, one of these things I meditate on. And uh, now he's a Redemptorist priest. He was an excellent moral theologian. He lived probably in the 60s. And uh, he, of all authors, many authors, the authors I read, very deeply viewed with that sound doctrine of the church that has been generated These guys are experts. They study uh, the moral theology. It's, it's not their opinions. This is deeply rooted, very credible. So anyways, he writes this 50 page examination. Here are three questions we might want to ask ourselves. And he lists these under mortal sins. Mortal sins. Have I, over a considerable period of time, over a considerable period of time, refused to talk to or acknowledge someone who was wrong? Mortal sin. Two, when I myself was guilty of doing evil against my neighbor, have I refused, in word or deed, to show that I was sorry and wish to be forgiven? Mortal sin. Mutual offense was given between myself and another, like this happens all the time. It's very rare that one person is clearly wrong and another person is totally innocent, right? So when mutual offense has been given, um, have I refused to make any advances toward reconciliation unless the other person made them first? How often does that happen? Well, I'm not going to say that person. I'll forgive them if they say they're sorry to me first, but I'm not going to take the first steps. That kind of hardness of heart is a mortal sin. Now, there's a difference between feeling feelings of unforgiveness. This is very frequent. I, in spiritual direction, I encounter this quite a bit. People feel like, I want to forgive this person. I forgive them, but I still have these feelings of bitterness. That's okay. Feelings is one thing. Decisions is something else. It's how you manage your feelings. Someone can have offended you, done something really wrong to you. Okay, sometimes people are in seriously abusive situations and things like that, and they have these feelings of being nervous. I ask them, do you wish that person, you know, wrong? Do you wish to seriously harm them? No, 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 I don't want them. Do you want to be friends with them ultimately? Like, yes, yes, I do. But I just can't get over these feelings. Don't worry about the feelings. 
Tell God that you forgive the person. You forgive them. Okay? Little by little, possibly, the Lord will heal those feelings and bitterness. So it's not the feelings, my brothers and sisters, it's the choices we make. And these three mortal sins here are choices. Have I, over a considerable period of time, refused to talk to or acknowledge someone who's wrong? That's a choice. If you've made that choice over the course of a few months, you say, I'm not going to talk to them. So and so, no way. That's a choice that you make. Okay? And it's, it's a grievous sin. When I myself was guilty of putting evil against my neighbor, have I refused in word or deed to show that I'm sorry? Again, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. When mutual offense was given, if I refuse to make any advances uh, toward reconciliation, bless the other person, first neighbor. So, um, my brothers and sisters, let's not be like the guy in the parable. Let's be like the three holy children in the, in the first reading. And not only forgive, but let's do penance. For our brothers and sisters whom we should love dearly. And uh, this time of Lent, be mindful of these series.